first thing is again setting the stage i want to create an environment where you're comfortable where you are um, able to actually have a great experience so in a live experience that may be um, offering you a glass of water having you sit down um, greeting that customer uh, by name if possible so create that staging experience and then uh, create an immersive uh, piece of content so that's going to be a narrative arc in which you have human scale stories we have crisis you have a reason to uh, actually care about the story this is the business storytelling show with christoph trapp name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top five percent podcast globally Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network. Available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing? Thanks for joining me. We are live streaming today on Amazon. So just a friendly reminder, everything, everything you see around me, you can get in the carousel. So if you're watching on DBTV, listen on Spotify or watching on Spotify, Christoph Trapp on Amazon. Just search for that. You can come to my storefront right there. Super easy uh, to find number one spot on Google, obviously, because... Christoph Trapp on Amazon. That's me. So, but anyway, you can watch there um, and everywhere else, of course. Before we get started here to talk about immersion and happiness, just a friendly reminder, is marketing a good career is now available. And you can just scan that with your phone. So if you're watching on your desktop computer while you're trying to avoid the work uh, at this 11 a.m. Central time zone uh, hour, scan that, get the book, figure out if marketing is a good career for you or not and go from there so we'll leave that up for a second but today we want to talk about immersion in this book i don't remember how i ran across it uh paul zach wrote about immersion and um how can you be happy how can you create those high performing teams and that's really really important because from my perspective you know what i do much better work when i am happy so we'll leave it at that and find out what prompted Paul to write the book, why you should read it, and you know how, how do we uh, find that headspace to be happier and higher performing. Welcome to the show, Paul. Boom. Great to be here, thanks. Christoph. Thank you. Thanks for joining me. Really appreciate you making the time. Um, I don't flash hardcover books too often anymore, but this one I happen to have here, even in hard hardcover um so you guys check that out scan scan the code with a qr code i will say this qr codes kind of crazy how they've made a comeback quite frankly um the other thing that should make a comeback is how can people be happier at work so kind of fill us in why did you write the book uh and 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 you know what what prompted you to uh to make this uh, an important topic to talk about well i think the tension in the book and even in our, in our own lives is this trade-off between wanting having security and having things safe and expected and having really extraordinary experiences. And so as we move into the experience economy, um, people want less stuff and they want to do more things. And so how do we identify those things? So here's the, the kind of basic data. Um, I live outside Los Angeles. For the last 30 years, 80% of Hollywood movies have lost money. 
Uh, by some estimates, 90% of advertising has no impact on sales. So we're in a world where we really want the best and we certainly have lots of options, but many of those options disappoint us. And there's a reason for that. And the reason is we're asking people if they like something and that's the wrong question. From a business perspective and from a neurologic perspective where I come from, I really wanna know, did this experience, this ad, this customer experience, this movie, this corporate training session, did it shake up my brain so much that I put a lot of metabolic energy into processing this, I remember it and I create a desire to repeat it. So immersive experiences generate high customer lifetime value because they're so valuable to the brain. You know, what's interesting to me, I'm trying to pull it up here. Maybe I'm not able to do that in, in, in a second, but I will. Uh, it reminded me of the mom test, right? You can't ask your mom, um, oh, do you like do you like my podcast, mom? My mom doesn't even speak English, speaks German, <laughs> speaks a little bit of English. Um, will she say yes? Oh, yeah, sure. I, I, of course, podcast. because pod, people pod. are nice, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. even your mom's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Right, especially when it comes to those kind of questions. Right. But but how do we how do we move forward from that and actually create those experiences that um, that are more relevant, that are more um, you know true to what we're trying to do? Because if everybody just says, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah," it sounds good, um, we're not going to get there. Right. So I think the key is measurement. And so, as I discussed in the book, a lot of the basic research that I did to identify this neurologic state I call immersion came out from uh, U.S. taxpayers funding on the war on terror. And the Department of Defense uh, contracted with us for many years to identify signals in the brain that would accurately and consistently predict what people would do after a message or an experience. So we would call that persuasion. And after all this research and publications and uh, you know scientific scrutiny, we identified signals in the brain that clearly tell us if an experience is sufficiently valuable to be immersive. And so an example of that, uh, Christophe, is not you and me because we're obviously too macho, but I've heard that occasionally at the end of movies, people cry, you know, when the boy gets the girl or the boy dies or whatever happens in movies, it makes people cry. Neurologically, very interesting to me, right? So you're cognitively intact, you're aware this is a fictional story, you know you're sitting in a theater, you know these are professional actors, and yet people still cry. So that's an immersive experience in which you're sharing the emotions of the experience that you're having, even though that experience on screen is fictional. So once we move into that, into creating kick-ass marketing, into creating amazing customer experiences, into creating training and education that doesn't put people to sleep, we increase the return on that experience and then people uh, you know, generate much more uh, enjoyment and profit from that. So the key here is that I've been able to measure 50,000 brains in a whole variety of experiences by building a platform that allows us to um, kind of put like a speedometer on the brain, if you will. Um, using a smartwatch or fitness sensor, we apply algorithms in the cloud to capture this immersive state, which is not zero one, right? It's continuous. And then we can go back and draw uh, implications to say, what, what is it that makes marketing so powerful? What is it that makes a customer experience um, so important that I want to keep repeating it? And so that's what the book contains. And so happy to share some of those insights with you. Yeah, please do. And before we do that, I do I did have a moment to pull up uh, Rob Fitzpatrick's The Mom Test here. Um, 
Dear Amazon um, people, this is a link on Amazon. So just so you know, I didn't put it in the carousel, but if you scan that, you can read his book on Amazon as well. Um, but, you know, really, really certainly appreciate um, figuring out what questions to ask and how to do that. But let's kind of dive into that a little bit deeper. What's involved? And and especially, you know, keep in mind the people that listen typically to the show other than my mom, um, even though she doesn't understand most of it, is are people that create content for organizations, create um, trying to create those those uh, experiences. And I always I look at it from two perspectives. Right. Number one is how do we make the customer happy, right? With our, like if our podcast stings, who's going to listen to it if it's mm -hmm. no fun to listen to us, right? So we try to kind of make it a little bit lighter while we share content, but also for the creators themselves, right? How do we make it more fun? How do we make it more interesting? So maybe start on the external side first. And I know you have a whole section on on advertising and how advertising works, uh, but but how do we actually do that? And how do we know we're on the right track? Right. Great question. So really, we have three dimensions that we can control that can create a much more immersive experience. And again, for listeners, immersive experiences are also persuasive. So we identify these signals in the brain by giving people a message or an experience and seeing if they responded in an objectively observable way. Did they buy? Did they share? Did they remember? Did they donate? So, uh, you know, lots of science. So immersion is really the science of predicting action. It's not a feeling state, it's an action state. Um, and so these three dimensions are, is the uh, kind of target of your persuasion or of your experience ready for that experience? So oftentimes we rush into something. Oh, I want to get you in and out really fast. But that's not the way the experience economy works. I actually want to create space, neurologic space, so you actually can be immersed. And the second is the way I structure the content. So that's going to vary depending on whether we're talking about advertising, um, a live experience, um, attractions like Disneyland, right? Those have different ways to, to uh, deliver that content, sorry, to create that content. And the last is the delivery of that content. So Christoph, if I spoke in a monotone, it, no matter how good my content is, people will go to sleep. So one of the cool things about immersion is that it's contagious, so if I'm delivering this live or I've been delivering it, uh, you know, through uh, video, for example, or audio, if I put energy into it, that energy is actually transferred into the receiver. So immersion is contagious. So it's readiness, content, that structure and delivery are the three dimensions. And just to go one more step below that, when I talk about how I structure content across all these ways we've seen people create content, the most effective way to immerse people and to influence their behavior is story structure, right? So when I have a story, I'm introducing characters, there's a mystery, there's often a crisis, and then there's a resolution of that crisis. And that narrative arc sustains immersion. So again, for listeners, immersion and, and influencing people's behavior is metabolically costly. It takes energy. And our brain wants to save energy. So in general, does not want to be uh, immersed or persuaded. So we've got to create the conditions in which people can be so um, attached to what's going on, so emotionally compelled by this, that they actually go, oh, holy crap, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Let me do this thing. Yeah, it's very interesting. And first of all, uh, just a friendly reminder to everyone on all these different platforms, you can't leave comments. We have Rome Knows Tech uh, hello, Christoph. I have a great stream. We really appreciate that. 
Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for commenting on Amazon. Um, and everybody, if you have any questions, feel free to ask them as a comment. Now, when you were talking about the action state, and the first thing that came to my mind, big, big football fan here. Don't blame me for who I love and who I don't love. But at the end of the day, I want to watch the NFL. And the NFL, as you may have heard, is moving to YouTube TV. I'm also a big baseball fan, and so is my wife. And we want to watch the Yankees on on almost every game if we can help it. Well, guess what? DirecTV no longer has Sunday tickets, so I'm trying to figure out how do I move everything to YouTube TV. And YouTube TV allegedly has MLB TV, but you can't sign up for it right now. And I am literally in the action state, Paul, right now, and I cannot sign up for it and even pay for it. I would literally pay for it right now, but I can't. So why... Why are companies getting that wrong? Or maybe I'm just oversensitive. Uh, you might be oversensitive. So actually, the brain loves anticipation. So if these two core components in the brain of this immersive state where I'm loving the experience and I'm persuaded to take an action, uh, the first part of that is attention. I've got to attend to the experience. If I'm focused on something else, right, then I'm not going to have a great experience. Um, the second is that experience has to be emotionally resonant with me. I have to really care about it like you care about baseball. Um, so by holding out and not letting you sign up, I'm building this anticipation. I'm focusing your attention. Now you're talking about it. You're thinking about it. And not only is that uh, generate things like word of mouth, you just talked about it, but it also generates actually more value in the brain. So again, when we think of marketing, sometimes we think, oh, people have short attention spans. I want to move fast. And in general, shorter content is going to be more immersive because over time, the brain just wants to get back to baseline. But when we create content that has an unexpected change, that has a delay, has a pause, like public speaking. I think I talk about this in the book. One of the most powerful things you can do when you speak in public is to have silence. It takes a lot of uh, uh, confidence to not say something on a stage. It's even hard on a podcast. And so by letting that anticipation build, we are uh, causing the brain to go, okay, something new happened here. Something important is happening. I'm really going to lean in and get more information on this. So again, I'm coming from a neuroscience perspective, but the applications are all in um, what we really want in life. We don't want to stand in line at the post office for an hour to mail a package. We'd rather go to UPS or FedEx and have a clerk who's, you know, getting paid to be friendly and serve us quickly, right? So um, I think there, there are quite differences, quite a lot of differences here. But the key here is storytelling. So even in, in, in uh, retail, right, there's an area called uh, narrative retail, where um, with or without a sales associate, I can create a path through a store like IKEA does, in which I am curating the experience for you so that there's a story that's being told about building, in Ikea's case, building a different rooms for your house, how your living room would look, how your bedroom would look. And if, if you've been to those stores, they have arrows. They, they curate that experience. So when we don't curate the experience, we're hoping maybe, maybe not it's a great experience for you. Don't hope. Create it, test it, measure it, make sure it's amazing. And again, it's got to be emotionally compelling. It's got to speak to you. And that's got to happen at human scale. Well, just a friendly reminder, we are here with Paul Zach, talking, the author of Immersion, talking about the book. If you are interested in getting a copy, make sure you scan that on the side there um, on the screen. Now, I'm, I'm excited 
um, that we got out of the way that I'm oversensitive and, and uh, I'll take that. But what I was thinking about when you were saying that is uh, we like anticipation. Sure, I kind of get it. But where do you find the line when everybody is just trying to drag you along and trying to get you to anticipate something? At some point, you can't keep track anymore. I'll give you an example. When it comes to this podcast, right? People listen. Sometimes I promote it. And sometimes I try to draw out that anticipation. And sometimes I don't because people are busy. They, they're not going to put on their calendar that Paul and Christoph, even though they love the topic, that we're going live in three days, right? Just tell us five minutes before you go live. And I'm going to listen to it if I have time. And if I don't have time, I'll listen to it afterwards. So my point is, I, I guess the other example that I thought about earlier when you were mentioning this, mentioning this is you have some of these polarizing people on social media, which I try not to be. Sometimes, depending on the topic, I might be, but not usually. And it's like you either hate them or you love them. But if you hate them, it's like you can't even talk to them. If you ever were to see them in real life, you would be like, you're crazy. Get out of here. I don't care how successful you are. Um, so how do you find that right balance of creating the brand you want, being polarizing if you need to, and also just dragging people along. And at some point they forget about you because the anticipation took too long. Yeah, it's a very good question. And so once you, so I'm gonna give you a five stage formula for persuasion, uh, which is in the book. And that formula has, a, has an acronym, so it's easy to remember, CIRTA, S-I-R-T-A. Um, so the first thing is again, setting the stage. I wanna create an environment where you're comfortable, where you are um, able to actually have a great experience. So in a live experience, that may be um, offering you a glass of water, having you sit down, um, greeting that customer uh, by name if possible. So create that staging experience. And then uh, create an immersive uh, piece of content. So that's gonna be a narrative arc in which you have human scale stories, we have crisis, you have a reason to uh, actually care about the story. You wanna integrate the product or service you're trying to sell with that story. So we had a customer, his name was Bob Smith, who was a customer for a long time here. And then uh, Bob's wife died. Okay, now we have a crisis. And Bob never came to our store again. And we didn't know why. And so we called him up and we found that his wife has passed away. Um, so we sent an employee, because he was a great customer. We sent an employee over with flowers for him. And you know, next week, Bob came back to our store. So again, that's a story we all can understand. It's an emotional story. I just made it up off the top of my head. I don't know who Bob is. So really telling this human scale story about how this product or service that you're trying to uh, influence people to use uh, has solved a problem. So I call that product story congruence. Next in the R in CERTA is relevance. So when it's relevant to me, when that story is specialized for me, then the brain puts more processing power in. So that's the people like us approach. That's very effective as we know at influencing people to take actions. So to the extent you know a lot about your target audience or your customer, then you want to specialize that story. Not a general story, not a general experience, but a specific customized experience, which you can do at scale with technology. Right? If I, this is a repeat customer, I should know a lot about him or her and should specialize the content I'm creating for him or her. Um, next, um, a lot of experiences we create um, are not because they're not general, they're specific. Uh, will not work for everybody, but we can identify super fans. You can find them neurologically. They're over the moon immersed. You can find them behaviorally. You can find them on social media. These are your super fans. 
So a lot of experiences we create may not be amazing for everybody, but super fans can make them extremely valuable and profitable, right? So if you engage these super fans, they want to work for you. Just ask them. They will do it. They have identified themselves as being part of this thing that you're doing, and they really want to help. Just ask. Uh, they will leverage uh, the kind of experiences you're creating. And then lastly is action. So CERTA, S-I-R-T-A, staging, immersion, relevance, target, and action. When that call to action, either implicit or explicit, happens at an immersion peak, at this highly emotional part, this is when people are much more likely to take that action. So a lot of times we have narrative arcs that close. I've reduced, think of it, uh, say a 30 second TV commercial, little story, and then that story resolves. At the end, we have this branding moment. When I've actually reduced the tension in the story, I've reduced the emotion or the immersion of that story. Now you want that call to action to be at an immersion peak. Either have an immersion peak, an emotional moment at the end, or do branding in the middle. Do it where it matters. So there's a strong correlation between neurologic immersion and information recall weeks later. So even if that advertising is not by now, but remember us when you go to the grocery store or wherever, you still want to have those branding moments at immersion peaks. They're going to be much more effective. And so that means you've got to edit so that you lean into the way our brain works already, which is, hey, once the story's over, I'm back to baseline and you've lost my uh, uh, my immersion state and therefore your ability to persuade me. So CERTA is the formula. I mean, at the end of the day, if we don't remember what is going on, um, and what people have told us in a story. I mean, that's that's a big, big loss. But that is harder than it sounds. Certainly that formula makes it sound easy, but it's not as easy to actually get people to pay attention. The other thing when you were talking about super fans that reminded me is that not all content experiences, not all experiences in general are for everybody, right? So for example, sometimes somebody will send me something and will say, take a look at this. This is so awesome and whatever. And I'm just like, no, it's not. Like what a waste of my time. And when I really break it down, I'm most likely not the target audience for that person, for that creator, right? So that's typically what happens. And yet sometimes when we ask people about liking, uh, we, you know, miss the boat completely. So one of the great things about measuring immersion neurologically is you find these unexpected and valuable little niches. So I'll give you an example from the book, which is uh, a couple movie studios use our technology to measure and improve uh, movie trailers. So uh, maybe listeners know that there's basically a sliding scale. The distributors of movies make most of their money in the first two weeks. They get a, usually a 50-50 split with theaters. And after that, the theaters get a bigger proportion. So from the distributor's perspective, they need butts and chairs in those first two weeks. They spend a lot of money creating um, uh, movie trailers, maybe 50% of the production cost of a movie is marketing. It's a big spend. And so I remember being at a studio, a major studio in, in LA, which I won't name just for, uh, who knows, maybe NDA. And they were creating a, a movie some years ago, a Christmas movie. And it was a, a comedy starring a number of famous African-American comedians, female comedians. And so they were testing it. They were using the platform we built, Immersion. And um, sure enough, we had some uh, African-American women in the audience and they were super fans. So the targeting works. But we also found that a proportion of middle-aged white males were also neurologic super fans. 
So this is amazing intel, right? We didn't ask them anything. We actually looked at their brains and then they started doing secondary marketing onto platforms where middle-aged white males would be. So this is unexpected. It makes we think there's going to be some carryover across the sort of core demographic that you're targeting on. But if you just ask people if they like it, who knows what they're going to say? And we've seen this many, many times that liking and neurologic immersion are generally unrelated to each other because liking is being filtered through what should I say? I don't want to hurt your feelings like your mom, Christoph. You know, I want to say things that are nice and oh, or you sort of know intuitively, like, oh, this movie is really maybe not for me. So I should say this or that. And then if you show people their data, they go, well, actually, I really do like this after all. They don't know what they like or they don't want to relate what they like. So, yeah, really think about that targeting, but also this unexpected niches. And again, you don't have to find this by measuring brain activity. You can find it behaviorally. You can find it on social media. There's lots of ways to find these little long tail, uh, you know, uh, niches where you have super fans. It's just very interesting. Of course, all of us want super fans. I mean, who doesn't, especially, you know, if those are the ones which we're creating those experiences for. What's interesting to me, too, is I think when people say I like, I mean, I, do you like this? Certainly we try to please them, but also we, we, we react in our own environment. Right. This is how I think of it. Uh, as a content strategist, I'm very well trained to say, well, who is it for, right? Instead of just saying, oh, I like it, I'll say, oh, who is it supposed to be for? So that's something to keep in mind. In the last 30 seconds here or so, Paul, tell us how do people connect with you? I, I think you probably do speaking, right? Things like that. And how do they reach out and um, work with you if if they want to? Yeah, lots of free information at getimmersion.com. That's our software a neuroscience as a service software platform, and you can find me at pauljzack.com. Love to take questions if this is interesting to you. And obviously lots of uh, great information in the book uh, that tells you step-by-step -step how to create amazing experiences across a variety of domains. So what a pleasure to be on with you, Christoph. Thank you so much. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.